What's going on everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K at the Novacare Complex for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. Howie Roseman, kind enough to start a rumor for us today. Or he, maybe he didn't. I, hey, hey, he probably did start the rumor, actually. <laughs> Somebody the, <laughs> thought it was like the Chargers getting it out there. I didn't really understand. But, uh, so we'll get into that. That's, we're going to talk mainly about that. Some other <laughs> miscellaneous football stuff. We're going to do a full preview show on Friday. Or I think we're going to record on Friday is the plan as of now. Um, and before we did that, I just wanted to put out a call to you guys to send us some of your bold predict. Number one, wh- what you think the Eagles record will be this season. And number two, a bold prediction for the season. We'll kind of go through a lot of them on the next podcast. You can either tweet that at both me and Mike. I'm at Zach Blatt, Z-A-C-K. He's at Mike underscore E underscore K. You can comment on this podcast, write a review with uh, with your prediction. And we're kind of going to go through a lot of them and we'll tell you how smart or not so smart they are. And I thought that would be fun. And what we're also going to you know go game by game, do some predictions. Have a little fun with it. We'll do a whole blowout season preview pod since you weren't even here this time last year. It was still me and Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's almost been a, it's almost been a year anniversary for you. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and at this point we knew you were coming though because Lombardo covered the the first game with me. Yeah, I uh, agreed to terms as it were <laughs> uh, the last pr- the, like the, the more like the moratorium and before free agency, like you agreed to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was the morning before the final preseason game. So did you cover, did you cover the Jaguars first game? Still, yeah. Well, I didn't on well, the road. I was yeah, supposed yeah. to go to New York. It was they played the Giants and they pulled me from the road once I get my notice. So. Is is it is it cool for you being in Philly like leading up? Like, there's definitely a different energy when you're around here, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, especially for a home game too. Yeah, having been a blogger covering the team, it's definitely different because you're you're balancing two different audiences. I feel like. Um, no, it's, it's been cool. I mean, and, you know, there's a lot going on personally, too, so it's like you're balancing. You don't have a personal life. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I mean. There's a lot going on personally, but I'm focused <laughs> on this. Um, no, it's been cool. It's been cool. Um, I thought our training camp was awesome, just uh, how we worked together on that one, and our training camp coverage, I should yeah, say. It's, it's, so I was on uh, 97.5 with uh, Mark Barzetta and uh, Trey Thomas yesterday, and at the end, they threw me a curveball and asked, like, what I enjoy about doing the No Huddle Show with you so much. I, like, could not think of anything. And yeah, the, that they, like they, and the, the ironic thing was, <laughs> I, I, that came off crossroad. So I started telling about how I cut you off all the time, and I've, I'm, by doing this podcast, I've learned to stop doing that. And in doing that, I was, like, pretty much cutting him off. So <laughs> there's some irony there. But uh, I think that's a good segue into us doing this episode. I, th- I think I think I've gotten better. By the way, you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. You're like but... Carson Wentz with learning to protect his body. Like, yeah, he's, it's like a muscle memory thing, right? So I, I think I've gotten better, right? Yeah. So is Carson, even though he had a back injury. We know whatever. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. We we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was my first year, even like hosting a podcast by my, not by myself, but like being the host. So it was fun. All right. Uh, but we're gonna yeah we're gonna get into a more routine. I think we're gonna have more segments this year. I'm looking forward to this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll get a few podcasts going each week. Emergency ones as Howie does some some trades. Uh, but people love a good emergency pod. We haven't had one of those in a while, actually. Probably yeah. since, what, the Carson Wentz contract. We probably should have had some, but, you know, life life comes in the way. It jumps <laughs> in the way. <laughs> yeah, including, like, even at the trade deadline, we should have had one. But I was, you know, in Paris. Yeah, it's always you. <laughs> By the way, yeah, if you're ever wondering why we don't have an emergency pod, it's almost always Zach. Because Zach actually travels and has a life. I, I'm always hoping. The, the perks of being single and not living with anybody. Yes. Except for my dog. Okay. <laughs> so, on the on the emergency trade topic, we'll jump into the rumor that 
dropped a little bit before we started recording, which was like, like I said, just really nice of Howie. I think he did this offer knowing that they weren't going to accept it just so we could talk about it on our podcast. I think that's that's my theory. Going clear, clear listener to the No Huddle Show. Clear yeah. listener. Um, so the trade offer, if you haven't seen by now, it was according to Albert Breer who said he asked around and the only trade offer he could find for Melvin Gordon was Jordan Howard. The Eagles and Chargers would swap a mid-round pick. He didn't specify like what kind of mid-round pick. And the Eagles asked the Chargers to pay some of Melvin Gordon's salary. That was like a clear like how he just... Doing an offer that he knew wouldn't be accepted, but like, why not? Why not Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, it's a due diligence thing, right? It's he has said it several times this week. He looks into literally everyone who's available, and I think, yeah, that was like an offer, like, hey, take it or leave it, whatever. That's kind of like how, and I am in fantasy. I'll like do a lowball offer. A lot of times, it pisses people off, but I'll, I'll, you do it so you can if they counter. It's like. It, it becomes like a more normal offer, but it, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a negotiation like, tactic. Well, it's yeah. just like last night the rumor came out that the Chargers wanted a first and a fifth for for Gordon, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's why I, I tweeted this. It's like Chargers, we want a first and a fifth round pick. How he's like, all right, how about not that, and instead you give us a pick and you also pay for him. Oh, okay, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that deal was <laughs> whoa. But so. I know you mentioned like the due diligence thing. I, I think it is more interesting that he actually, there. I mean, according to the rumor, that there was an actual offer at least, right? Well, I mean, normally when you're you're, you, you as, norm- as opposed to exploring what a team wants, right? Them an yeah, offer. normally they'll be like, well, so what would you offer us? Blah. I think that's probably oh, the okay, gist of the conversation, sorry. like feeling each other out. I mean, I don't think it was an actual yeah, offer. Yeah. So, so what what do you like? What's your reaction to Jordan Howard being? Like the centerpiece from the Eagles' perspective. Well, I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to get, you've got to give. And I think Howard being on the last year of his deal, you're not going to have to pay him straight up. That's appealing to the Chargers, a team that is viewed as a Super Bowl, a potential Super Bowl favorite, or not a favorite, but a potential contender. contender. And so, you know, you want to get this Gordon thing resolved before the season starts. You don't want him to be a distraction. It's kind of like a, you know, yeah, we'll cut our losses, but we've also got this backup plan. And Jordan Howard posted, you know, the third most rushing yards in the league over the last three years. More than Gordon, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think when you look at that, um, in a way it makes sense. I mean, if you trade for Gordon, Howard pretty much becomes expendable. It's the same thing I said about LaShawn McCoy. If they were interested in signing or bringing in LaShawn McCoy, it's not going to affect Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is the future of this running back rotation. Um it's going to affect Jordan Howard, who, while he might be the short-term number one, he's definitely the long-term number two or not here. Yeah. So I think if you're you're Howie and you're saying, well, I got one year with Melvin Gordon or I have one year with Jordan Howard, um, I feel better about Melvin Gordon as a receiver out of the backfield, and I know he's a better, probably a better fit for my offense long-term. I'd like to get one year of evaluating him as opposed to – Jordan Howard, who I've had a whole training camp to look at and know that maybe I want to move on from him. I think the interesting part about this is he's holding out because he wants more money right now. So I wonder if that would have meant either the Eagles were just going to take the risk and hope he just would do a one-year rental with them, or if they had it in mind that they would sign him to it. I mean, maybe they didn't even think that far. The, the idea that they were asking the Chargers to pay for something makes me think they were okay with him not playing here if they if they traded for him kind of thing, like if he wanted to keep holding out. Like what, what? What was your thought when you, in terms of that perspective? Like, do you think they would have given him a new contract if they traded for him? Well, I think it's a, if you look, if you were somebody who was rooting for the 
Jadavian Clowney trade, it's pretty much the same situation, only at a cheaper, yeah, a cheaper and at a position that's less valued. Um, I think either way, the Eagles would have stuck with the one year, um, and and you let it play out. It's kind of like JHI, right? So yeah, if J- it works out, it works out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that running back room. I think you tweeted it out yesterday. Is making less than what uh, Gio Bernard. Uh, yeah, Gio Bernard is making on his new deal. On yeah. his new deal, which is like six million, right? Yeah. So you don't have a lot of money invested there. You have the option of seeing whether it works out. It's kind of like a Golden Tape like flyer only. I think Gordon is an exceptional player. Yeah. I think Tate and he's is, young. Yeah, I think Tate's more of a novelty act, if I can say that. Um, <laughs> but again, like if you have a plan for him, awesome. I also think it, it takes the pressure off Miles Sanders to to immediately be the guy. Um, this team has shown with running backs that they're willing to take their time. LaShawn McCoy had Brian Westbrook for a year. Then they cut Westbrook, and he went to the 49ers, and then they just let him rip. Uh, you you look at how they've kind of treated these other running backs. Obviously, they weren't drafted to be the guys, but they've had like a two-back system. Even with Chip, they had Ryan Matthews and, and DeMarco, DeMarco Murray. Yeah, yeah. so like Doug Peterson said today that, you know, this is a long season, and guys wear down, and guys get injured, and guys have special teams roles. And so it's all about self-preservation by having all this talent in the committee, and that's why it makes sense. Um, a lot of people thought when Jordan Howard was traded here, they'd move away from the committee. But when they drafted Miles Sanders, it not only reinforced the depth of the position and the committee, but it also made the, com- the use of the committee even more valid because you have all these guys that can do all these different things. And Melvin Gordon is a guy who can catch out of the back. I was a massive fan of his coming out of the draft. Um, and I think I think for like a few years, like the Chargers drafted all of my favorite prospects, <laughs> like Jason Barrett, all which those is, guys. Which is probably why you're a little high on them this year. Yeah, I am very high. We'll get onto that later, maybe on, <laughs> on Friday. Friday yeah. But yeah, I know I'm rambling, but I, I just think when you look at the the dynamics of this running back group. It's easier to take a risk and a flyer on a running back because they are so inconsequential to your cap space than it is to take a shot on Clowney, who could be a malcontent. He could not like Jim Schwartz. He's not going to be part of a rotation. Running back at this point, you're going to be part of it. He was going to be Gordon was going to be part of a rotation with two talented running backs with the Chargers anyway. So I think if you could get him for basically Howard in a fourth round pick. I think I think them swapping a pick two was kind of where I would hold up if I was the Chargers. But I'd be like, wait, why are we also giving you right? A pick so what I my offer to them would be: look, we'll give you a fourth and Jordan Howard, a conditional fourth and Jordan Howard for Gordon. If you guys, if he leads you in rushing, it becomes a third. Yeah, that's what I would offer. Yeah, and I mean from the Eagles' perspective, it makes sense to do a low, low ball in a way because you don't know if he's going to like hypothetically you either have to sign him to a contract or you don't know if he's going to even be willing to play for you. So like that, that's kind of the, that's I'm sure why they're doing the swap in the, in the contract part, which they knew they weren't going to accept. Well, and it's also a superficial trade, right? They don't need Melvin. Gordon. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He's a luxury. Right. Sure. So it, which is something that I thought about with Jadavian Clowney too, right? Like some people may not like their pass rush, but the Eagles really like their pass rush. That's not a show there. They're, you know, I mean, I think, They've invested heavily in that running back position, similar to how they've invested in the defensive end position. If they're interested in Melvin Gordon, it's because they can buy him cheap. Yeah, and you know, funny like like you were talking about Howard's production. Gordon has been technically less productive as a runner, but he also he is he only played one full season in his career. He wouldn't, but he also wouldn't be 
a bell cow in Philadelphia. So, like, he's kind of, like, a perfect fit. Well, and that's also why you don't see him getting paid. He's yeah. Had in, he's kind of similar to J.H.I. in a way, only he's actually... I mean, he was a first-round pick, and so he's got the, yeah. the financial strain. But, I mean, I think... Melvin Gordon could do some damage here. I mean, he really could. His his playing style yeah, really another toy for. I know Doug Peterson doesn't like them being called toys. I guess well oiled machine. Another well oiled machine for uh, Carson Wentz. I also think his his ability to be dynamic is similar to Miles Sanders. And I mean, Gordon's a much harder runner, but I think they would complement each other very well. Look, I think Jordan Howard can play. Yeah, me too. Uh, I have him, like, for you fantasy nuts, I have him rushing for 700 yards and having six touchdowns. Like, that's what I think, realistically, he can do. Because uh, his his carries and touches are going to be mitigated he'll by... Be pretty, for a fantasy purpose, he'll be touchdown-dependent. Right, much. yeah, he'll be mitigated by... I mean, I, I think Sanders is probably going to... is also going to have 700 yards and maybe five rushing touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're going to be have pretty comparable numbers. But I think what Gordon can do is... Create some situations you have with Darren Sproles and with his his buddy Corey Clement, and you know uh, they can see where they could go with that. I just think Gordon isn't is an upgrade. I know the numbers don't necessarily show that, but he is an upgrade over Jordan Howard. It's not even close, but we'll see. What so? What, how do you think the Gordon situation plays out? Do you think he winds up being traded, or that he just plays for the Chargers? I think he'll get traded, and I think it'll be similar to what the Eagles offered them, where it's like a running back on the last year of a contract. And a I'm trying pick. to think of like what the teams that need running backs that jump to mind are like the Buccaneers. Um, the Texans still need one. Yeah, I'm shocked. It'd be funny the, if the Texans just trade another like second round pick for a guy like him. I'm kind of shocked that the Buccaneers haven't like offered Ronald Jones in like a second for him. Yeah. Um, are there they, any other obvious ones that need running backs? They keep saying San Francisco's got like a deep roster, but if you could upgrade where you like sp- send Matt Burita, yeah, Matt Burita, to, yeah, and like a second round. So pick. then, you, so then you have Coleman and Gordon as your tandem. Yeah, because yeah, McKinnon, poor dude, is on IR again. Yeah. Um. Oakland just drafted Jacobs. The Seahawks have Carson and uh, Penny. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not really... A lot of teams have running backs now that, because a lot of teams stack them, too, with, like, two guys. Green Bay, you could argue. I guess Baltimore. They, they like Aaron Jones. Yeah, Baltimore. They've signed Ingram, though. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, their that's, market's very... That's probably why, that's why they're not going to get a first-round unless the... Well, Bill O'Brien just gave up his only first-round pick, so unless he's trading his 2021 20, pick. actually, yeah. Unless he's trading his 21, 21 pick. Yeah. Bill O'Brien. No, the 2021's there, too. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. So 2022, I meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the point being, the char- uh, Texans are going all in on this Yeah. The, I mean, the Colts would be interesting. You could tag team with Marlon Mack. Um I mean, the look, point the, being, they're not going to get what they want. <laughs> trading a running back is very difficult. Look at what the, the Bears got for Josh Gordon. I mean, or for Jordan Howard. I don't know. The Colts traded a first for Trent Richardson. They did. Ryan Grigson is no <laughs> longer a general manager. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> he's, man, he's, alive. I, I just, he's still I, alive, by the way. <laughs> I, I still think about that Wembley thing where he like pounded the bat. Uh, anyway, sorry. What I'm, Wembley thing? So, my favorite story, uh, and it's not even really a story. It ha- So... My favorite story is not a story. Yeah, the the Jaguars (laughs) were playing the Colts in London, and, I mean, you've been there. You're in... Cool stadium. Yeah, yeah, in Wembley, you're in the crowd, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ryan Grigson was sitting behind me, Uh, and the Colts could not move the ball at all. (laughs) I think they had, like, six straight, like, failed drop, like, third and outs or something like that. It was the year... I mean, like, the Jaguars were just beating the bricks off of them. Not, like, from a score point, but they were really dominating the line of scrimmage. 
And every single time, like, there was a bad play, you heard a, eh, and he would slam the table, like, with his fist. And it <laughs> was everybody like, just, like, look back at you him, could like... hear it in a stadium full of thousands of fans screaming. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> that's, like, my favorite thing ever. And now that's his lasting legacy, so. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Well, no, I, I think his lasting legacy is ruining. As being the reason why Andrew Luck is no longer in the NFL. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, I think we covered all the grounds on the Melvin Gordon thing. So we'll turn a little bit to guys that are on the team right now. We can touch on injuries real quick. So Eagles had a really good day of practice. So, so as, as this recording, we know that Fletcher Cox, they were all, these guys were all out there for the warm-ups, which means they probably were going to at least practice on a limited basis. So Fletcher Cox, Nigel Bradham, Ronald Darby, Dallas Goddard, Brandon Brooks, all have been either out or limited. Am I missing somebody? And Jordan, Jordan Melotta was still out. Yeah, right? Jordan Melotta and Camus were both out. Yeah, and, and Nate Sudfeld. So basically all the guys that everybody was freaking out about are in shape, at least if not to return in week one, then week two. I'd bet Cox plays in week one, Bradham, Darby, Goddard. I'm still... Brooks is the only guy. Yeah. Brooks I'm still iffy on. Like I'm maybe more likely that he plays now than I thought maybe a few weeks ago, but I still you need more than one week of full practice before you go. I don't even know if it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, Vitae, yeah. I mean, the Redskins have a good pass rush, but it seems like they trust Vitae. The, the issue that you're going to have, so you don't have Melata, but your backups are going to be Matt Pryor, Nate Herbig, and that's it, right? Um, yeah. Oh, and Dillard. And Dillard. And Dillard. Yeah, Dillard. Well, so my thought brought, so they still haven't signed a third tight end. Maybe they'll call up Alex Ellis or something, or maybe they don't do anything, but I have, you know, I'm under the impression, you know, you wrote about this that maybe they use Andre Dillard a little bit as an extra blocker, especially if the Redskins' pass rush is as good as people think it might be. With uh, They have Kerrigan, who's always given Lane Johnson trouble, and they mm-hmm. Montez Sweat. Uh, I think they have a couple other guys in there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dillard saw the field. Yeah, so so what I'll say about this from just like a like a depth chart standpoint, right? Dillard's only practiced at left. I'm not going to hurt his confidence by putting him at right. I'm not going to do it. So Matt Pryor would be that guy. Matt Pryor would also be the backup left tackle, or sorry, the backup left guard. Um, and then your backup center would be Herbig, who's been snapping for a month. You know what I mean? So it's not ideal. That's why you would love to have Brooks because, you know, I mean, I guess you could move, uh, say, Molly to center. So I'm, so I'm curious who are the inactives. Melata. Yeah, she got factor Camus. Camus. So that's three right there. Um, I'm going to say. Uh, Rudy Ford, just because we don't know what his story is. He did practice today, though. He did. Brooks could also be a guy that if he's not there, so that's five. Um, and then I'd imagine that maybe TJ Edwards. Yeah, TJ Edwards or and or Sharif Sh- Sh- Miller. Yeah, Sharif Miller. Sh- Mil- I feel like Herbig would be active over. Okay, so like Sh- let's Sh- say Sh- everybody's playing. Uh, Camus, Sudfeld, Herbig, yeah, Miller. Um. Matt Collins? I'm just no, Matt's going to be there for special teams. <laughs> it's, a t- it's tough because they're, they're, they're light at some positions. So. You can argue, argue Hassan Ridgeway because I, Graham and, and... Yeah, because they'll move inside. Yeah, um, TJ Edwards and then... I guess Rudy Ford, maybe. Either Rudy Ford or Cyprian. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Because yeah. Cyprian doesn't really... I mean, he plays special teams, but he's not really... There's going to be someone in there that you would think would play, I feel like. is what it'll be. Unless, I mean, unless the injured guys are all injured. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to roll with a gunner, you can roll with Devontae Maddox and, and Matt Collins that first game and give Rudy Ford, like, another week to recover. I mean, I don't think it's really that pressing. Wait, they only need six, though, not seven, because they have 52-man roster, right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
And and to unless point, they sign like Alex Ellis or whatever. Yeah, and to your point about the fifty-two, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion of maybe it's an extra tight end. Like I'm more yeah. so thinking it's a corner. Yeah. Um, or they might even just keep it empty for a week and then bring Skandrick back next week. Right. Yeah. I mean that's doable. I think what you could do is you could sign a guy who's not a vested veteran at corner and he could be your backup nickel, and then you cut him next week yeah. for Skandrick. The issue that they're going to have with how with putting LeBlanc on IR, which they had to do anyway. Um, is shouts out to him for getting yeah. a one year extension. He got an extension to 2020. We should have had an emergency pod. <laughs> um, we can talk about that a little bit. So for the next topic. So at corner, you're, you're starting Darby and Sidney Jones. I think it's pretty clear they think Darby's going to play because you only have four corners right now. Even if you didn't have the four corners, like you would need to sign somebody. So so let's say okay, so you got Darby out and Jones outside. Maddox in nickel. Um, Douglas is your main backup on the outside, but he can't play inside. And here's the issue. If McLeod goes down, Maddox is your most likely backup free safety. I know Zendejo's been practicing there, but they don't necessarily well, if need... if they don't have another corner, then he's not, though. Right, yeah. right, exactly. But you don't want to be put in that position. So yeah. what you do is you can sign like a Dexter McDougal-type guy and just have him and be that backup. Him, you know, I mean... Because as someone pointed out... The risk, the reason why you wouldn't call up somebody like Alex Ellis is if they call him up, they play him, and then you need a sign Skandrick back next week, or whatever. Then you have to put Ellis through waivers, and then you're risking losing him hypothetically. Well, they could sign him off the practice squad either. Yeah, that's I mean, true. It's not, there's no risk. There's no risk. Yeah. I promise. Um, nobody's like. I mean, they could have picked him up last week. Yeah, What's he going to do? Have three yeah, blocks in a game, and you're like, will. oh my gosh. I mean, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, they gave him 85. He's sticking around. Yeah, um, yeah, changed number, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the 49 is a tough one. It's good he got out of that. We got to talk... We brought up Sharif Miller earlier. I can't get out of this podcast discussion without talking about his new number. So his new number is 51. 51. He's a defensive end. He had 76 before, which is a tough one, too. Yeah. He's off to a bad start to his rookie. I would have stuck with 76. I don't know, though. Apparently, he's going to be a breakout player this year, from what I hear. Oh, man. (laughs) Damn, take a shot. We'll subtweet. All right. Uh, (laughs) um, But so so you mentioned this a little bit. This is what I want to talk about next was the cornerbacks. Doug, pretty much, without, like, saying the exact word starter, said that the starter is on the outside. If Darby's healthy, it would be Darby and Jones with Maddox in the slot. And he said Douglas would see a lot of time. Uh, I don't know what what, what was your yeah I it make it's not surprising, but I, like you and I have both been on you know, on the train of like what does what more does Rizul have to do? Yeah. Um. So what I'll say is this: I think Jones and Derby fit exactly what Schwartz wants in cornerbacks, where they can play off and recover and covering space and closing on the ball. Douglas is more of a zone corner, and so you have to scheme up for him a little bit. Um, Douglas can play both sides. Uh, I think he's one of the better backup corners in the league. But they invested the second round pick in Sidney Jones, the, the guy that he's the guy that they've always wanted on the field. Douglas was always the backup plan. That's why he was drafted immediately after. So I'm not surprised there. What my concern would be is if Darby gets, or sorry, Darby or Jones goes down and you've hurt Douglas's confidence. Like, he had a good training camp. He had a good preseason. So that's, I think that's part of why he got off to such a slow start last year, too, because he they didn't play him at all for the first, like, five games. Yeah, I don't know what the stick-up is with that. Um, 
Because if you're that concerned about his fit in the scheme, why are you not trading him or moving him to safety? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I mean, they're in a weird spot. They got a lot out of Jones, Douglas, and and Maddox last year, and they also got a lot of Cravon. So, look, Darby's the best corner on this team, talent-wise. It, I don't but even think it's close. Just health has always been an issue with him. Right, but... Same with Jones. Same with Jones. So That's what I'm saying. Your two guys are... You're two, you're two whereas Douglas has missed one game in his three years. And you also have a guy... In or Avante, two years, I should yeah, say. Yeah, and you also got a guy in Avante Maddox who's actually pretty good at playing outside, yeah. too. Avante, who... I think he missed like three games last year, but he also played like 12 different positions. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that like you should be... Okay, Darby's one of the most talented guys. I get it. But I don't know. I, I get why they're starting Jones, but I still think he should have to win the job from Douglas. I don't think it should be the other way around. So conversely, right? What if you heard Jones's confidence? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's that part should... of it, honestly, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that can't catch a break, right? And he's the guy that you would think would have a tougher time with like um, the mental side of things just with all the injuries he's had and stuff, yeah. And I think if you're, I think if you're not starting Jones, it's time to get ties, you know what I mean? Trade him or whatever for loans. So maybe they're, they're testing out these... Cause these first couple weeks and seeing how he does. I mean, look, I think Douglas has proven that he can play and Jones hasn't, but I also think Jones' upside is, is higher. Significantly higher. For sure. Like, I don't know how much better Douglas is going to get. Right, right. I think that's part of it, too. Um, I know that there were teams... It's a, that good, it's a good problem to have, I should say. Like, they have good options to corner, whereas the, in past years, corner was the one position everybody was down on. I don't know if they've shopped Douglas, but I know for a fact that there were a couple of teams that were really interested in him. So, I don't know. Maybe when Mills and LeBlanc are back, you shop them at the trade deadline. But, yeah, I mean, it's not a great look for him. So, LeBlanc, we'll just touch on this briefly. He um, signed a one-year extension. So, now the Eagles have two corner, uh, four corners Sorry, that under contract through 2020, all young ones. The only ones that aren't are Jalen Mills and Darby now which is a really good position to be in. And they clearly like LeBlanc. Uh, I'm sure part of it had to do with him getting hurt, from his perspective at least, because I, I feel like he probably wanted to prove that he deserved more cause, and that last year wasn't a fluke or whatever. But when you're when you're missing at least half the year, he's not going to have much value unless he was really, really good. And he's going to be a backup in the second half of the year anyway. So it was, it was a smart move on both sides, I think. And you and I have both talked about like way back in May, about how they should sign him and Camus, who also happens to be injured, the two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Like, I think he was really, I mean, we talked to his trainer, right? He was really in the mode of, hey, I'm going to ball out this year and then get a new deal. And I think the Eagles did right by him by offering him an extension because, frankly, you get another year and a half of evaluation, which I think is great. Um, I also think if they do decide to trade Darby, now you have your starting nickel corner, Maddox and Jones are on the outside. You have them under contract. So no matter what, you have a starting three under contract, which is important. Yeah. Especially because they're going to move – the safety room is going to be a mess next year. So Yeah. I, will, I should say <clears throat> we haven't uh, done a podcast since the official 53-man roster came out. because That was a couple days ago. But Whose I, fault was that? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was at, away at a friend's wedding. Um, but uh, I should say I almost won the beat writer – 53-man roster prediction. I came into a four-way tie with Jimmy Kempsey, Bo Wolf, John McMullen. And it came down to the practice squad. And the practice squad, they did a whole bunch of weird stuff where they brought Bruce Hector back and all these other guys were claimed. So I lost, and I'm really upset about it. Bo keeps rubbing it in everybody's face. 
You you weren't in the mix though. That was just notable, which means I'm better than you, I think. Um. So you know why I wasn't in the mix? Uh, I was listening to you idiots in the press box talk, try to talk yourself in and out of Clayton Thorson. Oh yeah, that that was like all. And I, I was thinking to myself, like I've got to ignore this conversation. So I started something in my head where like, hey, should they keep TJ Edwards or should they keep Orlando? Yeah, and Skinner? you were you were the one originally had TJ. In yeah, there. <laughs> and so I switched it, or I would have been in the race. And yeah, I, and I added TJ Edwards pretty late in my prediction too. Yeah, so like that's why so I, I spent more time freaking out about my free fifty-three man prediction than actually watching that Can stupid we talk ass about game. Something about the fifty-three man predictions. <laughs> what? I think I think we you owe it to the fan base of the show to give me an apology about Nate Herbig and my conspiracy theory that they were trying to bury him on the unofficial depth chart because they didn't want eyes on him. Just yeah, but they but they kept him though. Right, but what you here's why you do it. Right. You do it because if he sucks in, in the in the preseason, or, or he he's not good enough in the preseason, and you decide to keep Wisniewski, then he gets through waivers because it doesn't seem like he's like that big of a deal. I, I mean, I still don't believe that, but I I'll, I'll give you credit for saying Herbig was going to make Scout, the team. Scouts look at everything. you said it before the first preseason game. No, I know, but I'm telling you, it was. Right. It was <laughs> this is a, I don't feel like debating you about Nate Herbig again, but I will say you do deserve credit for because you had him on your roster for a couple weeks. You deserve credit for that. Yeah. Um, uh, where I was going? Oh, uh, so the the Redskins, Trent Williams won't be playing this week, which is pretty much expected, but it's it's all but official now. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to feast the most? <laughs> I mean, and also Eric Flowers is probably going to be starting in the interior, so yeah. Blake Jackson will have a nice day. So it'll be it'll be Donald Penn and uh, Eric Flowers on the left side, which means they'll probably go up against Derek Barnett. And God, what a bad Cox. offensive line, my God. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, it's the game you want to return to if you're Derek Barnett or Fletcher. Yeah, if, if he's going to show the fan base that he can be the guy that they all wanted Jim Jadavion Clowney for, like, it's going to be on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think... Unless he's not healthy yet, I guess, but... I think he plays, and I think... I think he could have a pretty good day. What does he um, get, like, seven sacks? Like, I'm no, I think... Let's set the bar at one and a half. Let's set the bar oh, okay. Sorry. But, I mean, so how many sacks do you think the Eagles get as a team? Like they should, I know they don't six. blitz. They don't blitz, but yeah, still, six. I'll go with six. Like man, that offensive line is so. In case Keenum's the quarterback, like yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a guy running away from them. I mean, let's remember that this team closed out the season with a twenty-four nothing like shellacking of of the Redskins last season. I mean, they they beat them twenty-four to nothing, and it probably should have been like forty-five to nothing. I mean, they took their foot off the gas when Nick got injured. But. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so they do have a good, they do have interesting running backs, including Wendell Smallwood, by the way, mm-hmm. first game back. Um, but can Revenge. you can you like even name there? They're like top three receivers off the top of your head. Like it's a pretty um, terrible group. Yeah, this this has to be the worst collection of weapons in the league. Uh, Paul Richardson. Yeah, he's the obvious one. Um, <laughs> obvious in quotes. Yeah, Paul Richardson. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. That's all I got. I haven't really looked at oh, their, man. their roster. So they have Kelvin Harmon. They have Terry McLaurin. They have uh, Trey like Trey Quinn. Like Calvin Harmon, but nobody else did because he was drafted like the seventh <laughs> yeah, round. Yeah. And Trey Quinn, I think, is like their other starter. Like, yeah, Trey Quinn's is, their starter. And Jordan Howard is on his tenth concussion, and I don't know why he's still Wait, playing Jordan football. Howard? Jordan Reed, sorry, uh, yeah. Jordan Reed is on like his twelfth concussion. I keep going up. Yeah, actually, he's had like seven, I think. Yeah, he's had like stop. Just quit, man. Stop. Okay. Don't play anymore. Chris Borland quit. After and there's talk. There's talk about him being ready for like week one or week two. Like why? I don't quit. Know. I don't know. <laughs> seven concussions. I had like one minor concussion in college, and I and I was reeling for like two weeks after that. I've had three. And, yeah. Well, we all know me, so <laughs> we all know where my brain is. We don't need to get into concussion discussion, but yeah. like that, like just retire, bro. Yeah. 
Um, but Case Keenum, his first game against the Eagles since that. Uh, what happened in the last one he played against? The- Andrew Zendejo got ran over by. Oh, that's right. Oh man, that's so funny. Oh, I forgot. Not about if you're that. him. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really him. like that. He doesn't like talking very no. much. I would say he doesn't <laughs> like talking about anything. Um, Except for special. We'll, teams we'll do full fire. predictions uh, Friday, but like just early in the week. What? what how do you feel this game is going to go? I think it'll be closer than a lot of people think. I really? Still, yeah, I think. It, Why? I still think it's going to be a two-score game. Because their defense. Yeah, their defense is good. I think you know they're gonna. The Eagles are gonna have to knock some rust off. I think it's gonna be fairly close going to halftime, and then the Eagles pull away. But I, ha- I think I have it like twenty-four to thirteen. Wow, I see. I think the Eagles are gonna win by a couple of touchdowns actually, and that mostly comes on the fact that I think if the Eagles come out and score quickly, the Redskins aren't really built to come back. So correct. My. My basis is that I think they come out and score quickly. Maybe maybe Deshaun, who famously is better against the team he's played against than anybody else. Although, I don't know if he has any ill will towards the Redskins or not. Maybe he does. Did they, did they dump him or did he just... Oh, he was a free agent. Yeah, right? he was a free agent. Yeah, so it's not like anything... They just weren't good when he was there. Yeah, I think he... There was one of the rumored teams that he was interested in going to, actually, before he came here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't even know if there's that many guys left for money was there, honestly. And that was only a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, there's some. I mean, if he goes up against Josh Norman, they were teammates, I think, his last year there. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, we can end on that. Uh, like I said, make sure you guys send us your prediction for their record and one other bold prediction, and we'll go through all of them. We'll, I'll, I'll send out a note on Twitter either tonight, tomorrow, both. Uh, so you guys start sending them our way. Write reviews, leave some comments, and uh, we're looking forward to the season preview pod and to this season. Thank you guys for listening.